Hello and welcome to Abe's Front Porch Talk. I hope you guys are doing great on this Friday night. I hope you guys have an awesome weekend. But first, before I go into tonight's episode, I would like to say to the family and friends of those in the submarine, if you are listening to this podcast or later on in the future, if you're listening to this podcast i know this is a long shot i just want to tell you guys i am so sorry for your loss i am praying for you i am praying that god will heal heal you from your pain and grievance right now i am asking god to be with you wherever you go and i pray for a peace of mind upon you guys and hopefully you all all the people, the family and friends of everyone that was in that submarine can come together and encourage each other through this hard and difficult time right now. There is no words that I can really say to help you in such a tragic like this, but just know my heart goes out to you. And I just... I just hope you all will be strong, and I'm pretty sure most of you are strong. It will just take some time getting there as the days and weeks and months and the years come and go. But just know there are many people praying for you, and just hang in there. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Also, I want to go a step further on this before I get any further into this podcast. And this will also go along with what I have to say in tonight's message anyways. I've been seeing on TikTok, and it's probably going on on other social media too but i'm seeing it more on tiktok than any other app that i have there are people that's laughing and making jokes about this with the submarine and people losing their lives and people saying harsh things and a lot of people saying this is a hoax this is not true it's all a cover up let me tell you you're in the wrong for all of this this is actually true. This has actually happened. There is no hopes to it. There is a family. There is a wife, a mother. There is a woman out here, a wife and a mother who lost her husband and son. And there are children that is grieving over losing a parent. There are grandchildren losing that's grieving over losing a grand grandparent and you're saying this is a hoax and you're making jokes and these people's children and grandchildren their brothers or sisters are watching this and they're seeing this all over social media and you're causing them more pain and more grief and right now their mind needs to be eased 
their mind is not in a good place right now. And you shouldn't be laughing and making jokes in a difficult time in somebody's, what's the word I'm looking for, in a tragic moment in somebody's life like this. You should not be making jokes because you would not want them to do this to you. You would not want someone doing the same thing to you. So why are you doing it to others? Let me tell you. As I get down in tonight's message, I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit about some of it. What you sow, so shall you reap. And if this is the seed that you want to sow, want sown, it will come back to you. This could come back on you. It could be you that could be dying with sickness, or you could die in a freak accident, or someone you love, like your husband or your wife, or even your child in a freak accident that would be out of your control. And some of it, like some of y'all are saying, oh, this could have been prevented. They should have had all these safety measures. This is their fault. Well, let me tell you, a lot of freak accidents is be is because somebody did not use a lot of safety measures, knowing what could happen. Knowing what could happen. And a lot of y'all are out here judging this and condemning these people for this, when in fact, it's fixing to come back onto you and it will be worse. And then you all want to come running to social media, crying and boohooing with tears running down your face, saying, Please pray for my child. My child is sick in the hospital. My child got injured. They were in a car wreck or run over. Or please pray for my husband or my wife. They were in this freak accident. They was in a car wreck and they don't know if they're going to make it in their own machines. Let me tell you, half of y'all that have laughed and mocked about this, of the people in the submarine, you're about to experience this. What you sow, so shall you reap. Consider yourself warned. You should be ashamed of yourself for this. How many of you work on cars and you have a car jacked up and you know, and you know you need to have that car braced? That vehicle needs to be braced. But in that few seconds, you think you can crawl up under that vehicle, not brace it, and that jack falls. There's been many people that this has happened to. Many people made bad choices that costed them their lives. And you act like you're so perfect. You're going to make a bad choice that's going to cost you your life or you're going to be in a wheelchair the rest of your life having to have somebody to feed you because you can't move. Somebody to have to pick you up out of the bed because of a bad choice you made. Because you made that choice and put yourself there. Because you did not do any safety. For whatever it was that you were doing. But yet, when somebody else makes a mistake, you want to judge and condemn it and ridicule it. And then you want to say, oh, they're not getting no sympathy from me. 
you can you can do whatever you want. And why it just crossed my mind once again, let me say this. Another video I saw on TikTok was some conspiracy stuff about this. And this can go in a long line with it being a hoax. People saying it's all a hoax and stuff. Saying that they were going to be getting in some trouble and this was a way for the government to cover it up. Let me tell you something. The government's not covering nothing up. As a matter of fact, we could say the same thing about you as an individual that don't have a name for themselves, for yourself, just like me. Don't really have much money, but I could get on my social media and say, well, this person is not really dead because they had a warrant out for their arrest for drugs or whatever the issue is why you had a warrant out and you're just running and you're trying to fake your death so you don't get in trouble. That could be said about you as well. But you don't see it that way. And you don't want to see it that way. You have no right and laughing and mocking this and making jokes over someone losing their life. Many of you have even went as far and said that they they were billionaires and they could have done something better with their money. Well, let me tell you something. I saw a video today on TikTok, and this guy was a godly man, and I don't know if he was a preacher or not, but you could tell he was a godly person, and he was bringing correction to everybody on TikTok that was joking, making jokes about this since the beginning of it, and even worse now. And he said... That everybody should be ashamed of themselves, just like I'm saying. But, like he said, people said that they could make, they had the money, they could use it for other purposes. You don't know these people. You never seen them, except for probably on TV or whatnot, but you were never going to meet them. You don't know what they were doing with their money. They may have helped people. They might have helped people in their hometown that we don't even know anything about, and they asked them not to say nothing about it because the Bible tells us when you sow a good deed, don't brag about it. It says don't boast. It means don't go around bragging because their reward will be in heaven. You don't go around bragging for every good deed you have. Not every rich person, when they die, will go to hell. It's not a sin to be rich. It's a sin if you let the money get to you and not help people with it, and you just boast and brag about it, and you flaunt it around. We all have dreams. We all say 
oh, if I had this much money, if I had a million dollars of the things I could do, you want to buy a brand new car, you want to buy a brand new home, you want to take vacations. You already got the money spent before you even have it. And knowing you probably never will have it, but you already know what you're going to do with it. But those who already have a million dollars or billions, you judge and condemn them. It's almost like you're jealous and bitter towards all of this. You all need to learn to straighten up. You need to really get your heart right and examined. And most of you are claiming to be Christian people. You're supposed to be a soul winner. And then come Sunday morning, you all will be in church like you've done no wrong. And if you're calling yourself a preacher and you know you've seen your congregation doing this stuff and you're not going to bring them correction, you need to get out from behind that pulpit. You have no business there. I don't care if you say God called you or not. If you're going to accept trash like that, you don't belong. You're deceiving that congregation and you're responsible for their souls and God will hold you accountable for it when it's your time to go. You may not agree with it now, but when you die and face Christ, you're going to be agreeing with everything I'm saying right now. But then it's going to be too late. Once your soul leaves your body, it is too late. It's time to get it right now before your spirit leaves your body and faces Christ. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the Lord, and it's written in Scripture. And I'm wondering how many preachers are going to get up Sunday morning and stand behind the pulpit and start speaking about all the lies and conspiracies on this and telling their congregation more about this and going along with what they have already seen on social media. And it's all lies. You're supposed to pull away from that mess. You're not supposed to be involved in any of that. And you're breaking the Father's Ten Commandments when you do, do that. You're not supposed to bear false witness and you're not supposed to be spreading lies. There's two commandments you're breaking and you're doing it inside the Father's house. I, I just don't get it anymore. The heart of many has waxed cold. People don't care about nobody else but themselves and themselves only, and that's also the signs of the end. Paul wrote that people will care more about themselves and be lovers of themselves than someone else. Paul even wrote, you're supposed to put someone else's needs over yours. And in this case, there is a need. Even though these are billionaires, there is a need that needs to be met. There still is a need. Because there's no, there is no 
money in the world. There is no such thing how much money someone has that can cover up a pain and grief through all of this. I saw a video where a guy is, I think he was a stepchild to one of the victims who died in the submarine. And he's been dealing with this since everything happened on Sunday. And he decided one day this week to go to a concert, to get away from it all, to get stuff off of his mind, to get away from everything. And people came at him and started ridiculing him. He went through a lot of persecution. And if this was you going through the same thing, you would want to go somewhere and get stuff off of your mind. You want to ease your troubled mind, but you act like someone like this should not. You act like other people cannot. What is wrong with you people out in this world today? You have allowed Satan to enter your mind and your heart, and you calling it godly. God is not in that. He tells you he is not. You best learn to pull away. For you will meet the wrath and vengeance of God. I know this is a lot of rambling. Or you may think it's rambling. But somebody needs to get the truth out here. You cannot do this. And how can you do stuff like this, make jokes and laugh about it and not even care and say it's all a hoax and lay down at night and not feel convicted, get up the next morning and not feel convicted over what you did, and then come Sunday morning, sit in church like you've done nothing wrong. I've said this before. God is about to set fire to the churches and I mean, he is literally going to set them on fire because he's going to run out the evil and wicked doers. And it's right here now. It's not going to be too much longer before it all goes crashing down more. Your warnings have been here. One church has already been set on fire in the last couple of weeks. This is going to be a physical fire and a spiritual fire. What churches ain't burning down physically by fire, it will be spiritual. Because remember, what you sow, show, so shall you reap. If you all wake up and still don't feel guilty and you are not feeling moved by the spirit of conviction on Sunday morning in church, and your preacher is going along with all of this, every single one of y'all need out or in that altar until you feel guilty. You might not even make it to the altar. You might not even make it to church after the way you've been acting this week. When things start going wrong in your life and you start losing your loved ones, through freak accidents and stuff, remember how you acted. Remember, this is the very seed you have sown, whether you want to believe it or not. 
So don't be coming crying and boo-hooing, wanting prayers, because I'm going to tell you now, you have been warned. What you sow, so shall you reap. You keep turning a deaf ear to God, he's going to turn a deaf ear to you. This is all I've got for right now. I'm going on a break, and when I come back, I will get started on part two of Revelations 14. So stay tuned. Thank you guys so much. All right, folks, I'm back. Thank you for that short break. Now, let's get on into tonight's podcast here. I am going to be reading from Revelations chapter 14, and I will be starting with verse 13 here. So, please listen closely and Remember, I read from the King James Version. So, here here I go. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yeah, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time is come for thee for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, 
and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Now, let's go back over to verse 15 here, when it, where it says, And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. See, that's what I was just saying a few minutes ago before the break. We're living in a season and a time that it is time for us to reap what we sowed, whether it's good seeds or bad seeds. We're going to reap what we sowed from this day forward, I believe, from this day forward. Now, here in 2023 till probably the coming of Jesus, we're going to reap all of our good seeds and all of our bad seeds. Part of me wants to believe that the people that went down in this submarine and lost their lives. This was a warning from God. And I've thought about this today. And what I mean a warning from God, if you will go back to when I first started podcasting, I did an episode said the rich men weep and howl on youtube on my youtube channel under the same name as this podcast i've got some videos out that says the rich will fall and in those videos i was talking about how the rich people will fall And I was thinking to myself, is this a warning or is this a message from God telling us that when the these billionaires, the rich men, went down into the ocean and they were having fun. I mean, they were they were probably laughing and joking and having fun. 
But was this was this a message from God to let us all know on the earth the rich is fallen? Now I want you to know this and I want you to hear this out. You do not have to be a billionaire to fall in your riches. You do not have to be a millionaire to fall in your riches. You, yourself, can be considered, I guess what a lot of people call themselves, middle class. You go to work. You drive a nice vehicle. Might not be brand spanking you, but it's a new good vehicle and you're able to pay for any repairs that go wrong with it you're able to buy brand new tires as expensive tires are you're able to get the oil changed you're able to pay your bills your mortgage or your rent for your home you live in you're able to keep the insurance up on your vehicle you're able to put a full tank of gas in your vehicle and on Fridays and Saturdays, you get with your family and friends and you go out to some restaurants and you enjoy a nice meal with your family and friends. And during the summer months, a lot of you likes to take vacations. And some of you will go on a vacation. And not only do you go out to eat at these restaurants, but you'll have a barbecue and invite a whole bunch of people over to this barbecue. And that's where your other riches can come in at. And that's where a lot of people are going to fall. You have had, had it all. And right now you cannot see it. And you're not even seeing the signs that's right before your eyes. You know, they always say what you're looking for is right up under your nose, but you can't see it. And it's right here under your nose and you're still blinded. You have your vehicle, and your home when somebody else has nothing. When there's a homeless person living on the streets and you say it's not your responsibility to help them. You have walked inside a restaurant to get your meal, sat down and eat, and saw a homeless person out in the parking lot and gave no other thought to that homeless man that's hungry, but you sat there and got full. Most of you have seen this homeless person in the parking lot and complained to the manager and asked the manager to call the police to have them escorted off the premises. Most of you, when the homeless person come up to you and asked you for money, it offended you. Or if they probably even asked you for food, 
He complained to the manager and the manager asked him to leave the premises. Or just called the law. Or the manager seen them out there doing what they did and they went out and told the people, that homeless person, to leave the premises. All because of your riches. You you can say, well, that's my job. I've got to. No, no. Don't. Save the excuses for Jesus, okay? Don't come to me with those excuses. You save them because Jesus already knows the evil of your heart. You sown a bad seed because you made that choice to sow a bad seed. That's on you. You have nobody to blame but yourself. Don't even dare try to say, well, I blame Satan. I blame those demons. They tempted me. You have the word of God that you refuse to read. You made the choice not to read it. You made the choice not to go to church and get a good Bible lesson about how to help people in need. But there are many people in churches today, including preachers, that need to read that scripture and get a good Bible lesson on what it is like to help people in need because they're turning people away. They have sown bad seeds as well. And God is shutting it all down. I promise you right now, as my name is Abe, as I'm here with my Bible open reading the scriptures, I will put my right hand on the Bible as I'm speaking to you right now. And I'll show you how serious I am about this. And if you could see my right hand on the Bible like I was in a courtroom, you would know I'm serious. We are in the season, and I promise you, as God can send a boat of lightning and strike me dead right now, we are in that season for you to learn what you sow, so shall you reap. Do you understand how serious I'm getting through to you with this? My hand is on the Bible, and for me to say God can send a boat of lightning to kill me dead right now if I'm lying about this. This is the season we have done entered. And you're not taking this serious. And many preachers are fooling around and not taking the word of God serious and claiming to be called of God. Some of you preachers called yourself. And you're sowing discord. There's a TikTok video of a preacher now going around who asked a young guy in his 20s, I believe, might have been early 20s, asked him to leave from sitting out in front of the church asking people for money. And some of his congregations members were giving him money each week every time they came, and the preacher didn't like it, and he asked him to leave and said that that's not of God. The Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Throwing that whole scripture way out of context. Remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus and what Jesus said about the sheep and the goats. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. That preacher, when he dies, he will have to face for turning that person away because he was the rich man. Oh, he may not have millions and billions of dollars, 
He might not even had hundreds of thousands in the bank. But he still turned that person away that needed help. People don't want to give anymore. And it tells you in the Bible to give with a cheerful heart. When you pay your tithes and offerings, do you know you're supposed to give that with a cheerful heart? You're paying your tithes and offerings because that's what you are taught. But you're not wanting to give that with a cheerful heart. You're doing it because that's what you think God is pleased of you doing. God's not pleased of you paying 10% of your tithes and offerings unless you're giving it with a cheerful heart. Read scripture in the Old Testament when he told Moses and them to bring stuff to give unto the Lord. He said, make sure they give with a cheerful heart. When they bring their tithes and offerings, make sure it's out of a cheerful heart. It's written in scripture. By no means, I'm perfect. I'm human. I'm human. I have my faults and my failures. But together, we all need to work on ourselves. We need to find something and start working on it. I found myself working on a lot of things which still caused me to fall and stumble. And I'm starting to learn you can't work on multiple things at the same time. You need to take it one at a time it might take you 20 years might take you 30 years you might have 10 things you need to work on that you know is not pleasing to the lord but if you show god you're working at least on one of those 10 that will show him you are trying but when you start trying to work on all 10 at the same time you're going to create a mess for yourself and you're going to fall and you're going to want to give up and that's me. Are you the same way? Just find one that you think you need to work on the most. Just that one and work on it. And if it takes you 20 years to get to number two and work on something, then so be it. God knows you done moved 20 years later to step number two. And you're going to work on it. Remember, it is wrong to not help people. In Galatians, I want to read you this out of Galatians. And this is, comes from chapter 6 of Galatians starting with verse 7 through verse 9. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. 
But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See, in verse 7 is a strong message there. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. And just like I was telling you about that preacher running that young guy off and getting mad at his congregation for giving that young guy money that needed help. He, he's calling himself a preacher, but yet what he done, he sowed bad seeds. He deceived his congregation for doing that. He mocked God in the process and not realizing he made mockery. And we all are guilty of that somehow, not realizing we're mocking God. It's like we're tempting him by his word to see how far we can push him before he brings his wrath and his vengeance upon us. And then you got some people who don't care. It's like they try to challenge him. Instead, that preacher giving him money to help him and say, well, if you want to come inside, come inside. And, and you really will have to watch that whole video. Because I think the I'm wanting to say that the young guy even tried to come in and the preacher ran him away. I'm not for sure. But you will have to find you will have to find that video. And I believe it's also on YouTube. You can search it. But that that young guy that was sitting there each week that the preacher was cutting down and refused to help and told his congregation to stop helping. What if he was an angel? Because it tells you in scripture, you entertain angels unaware. You entertain angels unaware. Jesus told Peter that I'm building my house upon this rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And right now it seems like the gates of hell are coming against his house and the people there are claiming to be Christians, but yet they're turning people away. And they're like, well, if they're able-bodied, they can go out and get a job. I have to go to work. Stop. That's not what Christ asked. Now, is it? If somebody is living off of you and somebody is just wanting to live off others and live on the streets, let God deal with that. Let God deal with that person. You just keep your mouth shut and you just do what God told you to do. Because it's going to be best for you to keep your mouth shut and just not rebel against God. Because if when you rebel against God, rebellion is the same as witchcraft. You just keep your mouth shut. You give to that need that is asked of you if you can. You do it. And don't worry about it. You let God handle that person. 
it seems like we have sown more bad seeds in our life than good seeds. We need to sow good seeds and do good deeds. Once we start sowing a lot of good seeds, I believe we will start seeing more healings and miracles happen in people's lives. I believe we will see more salvation take place. I believe we could see a lot more people come to the light and get out of darkness. Folks, we need to learn we need to learn to start sewing good and not bad all of our bad seeds are going to come back and bite us it's going to slap us in the face and there's a lot of things that we have sown bad that's come back to bite us but we can't see it we pass it by and then we ask god why is this happening to me why is this happening because you sowed that seed You can't see what you've done wrong sometime in your life and now it's come back to bite you. When you see somebody needs help and you refuse to help them because you know they can't pay you back, that's a bad seed. And that seed's going to come back and bite you in this life or the next life. Because you're supposed to build your rewards up in the kingdom of heaven. I'd rather to be a sheep and not a goat. I'd rather be a Lazarus and not the rich man. All the rich man had to do was help Lazarus. Take him in his home. Feed him. Clothe him. Nourish him. And the rich man could have been in the kingdom of heaven. Or paradise, however you look at that. But the rich man chose the bad seed. And look where it got him. Refused to help Lazarus. Laughed and mocked Lazarus. Those who Jesus sends to you. And you turn away. You turn away Christ. 
always remember that because that is scripture that goes under the sheeps and goats. Now, move over to verse 19 and 20. And I'm going to reread these two again. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Verse 19. says and the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great wine press of the wrath of god this is going with what you sow so shall you reap as well god's wrath is upon us he sees all this foolishness he sees the jealousy, the anger, the bitterness, the evil hearts. He sees he sees it all. And that's and out of all the bad seeds we have sown, now we're having to face the wrath of God. And he says he will reign on the just and the unjust. He's not gonna care who you are. It's best you repent of all your bad seeds and learn what your bad seeds were throughout life. And you may say, well, I changed, I changed, I, I, I did, and I came to know the Lord. And that's good. And that's a good thing. But sometimes Satan remembers your bad seeds and will throw them up there. So if you know you have truly repented and when the wrath of the Lord comes and Satan is throwing these bad seeds that you got delivered from years ago, know that it's coming from Satan because he's wanting you to give up and curse God to throw that ex another bad seed out there. Because once you curse God, then you will meet his wrath. You need to learn the natural disasters that we are seeing is the wrath of God. You can say, Oh, I don't believe this. What about his love and forgiveness and mercy and compassion? And He said he will never leave us nor forsake us. Oh, get over yourselves. I am so sick and tired of hearing all those lies from the pits of hell. Man has made those lies as well, and Satan knows it, and Satan has ran with those biggest lies. 
Yes, Scripture tells us about all of that. But that is a bad seed that's been sown, a seed of lies throughout the years and generations. And I'll explain this to you. Remember, Jesus says to forgive your enemies. If you want Christ to forgive you, you must forgive your enemies. That is written in Scripture. So if you're not going to forgive your enemies, how can Christ forgive you? Because you haven't forgave your enemies who trespassed against you, but you're wanting Christ to forgive you and you think he's forgiving you. And he hasn't because you haven't forgave your enemies. And this goes down with love. If you can't love somebody, you have hatred for them, how do you expect Christ to love you? Because you can't love somebody. You can't love your neighbor. You can't love your own family. You have somebody in your life, either you work with them or it's your family member or it's your neighbor and you hate them with a passion. You can't stand nothing they do and you just wish they fall off the face of the earth. And but yet you think Christ is going to show you love and compassion when you can't do that to somebody else. It works like forgiveness. If you want Christ to love you, you got to love that person. This, oh, but his, his mercy well, if you're not showing somebody else mercy, how can Christ show you mercy? Same way, with the forgiveness and the love. Then you got what I was just saying. But he said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That's true. He doesn't. But you do. You walk away from him. And he's trying to deal with you. But it also tells you God's Spirit will not always strive with man. You walk away from him and he's dealing with you to get you to come back and he can deal with you for years. And if you don't come back, he eventually will withdraw. Some people's walking around now that he has withdrawn from. Everything you do in darkness is going to come to light. That's going to go with what you reap, what you, what you sow, so shall you reap. Every idle word you said in darkness bad about somebody. Everything you did that you thought nobody knows about is coming to the light. Everything in that darkness is now coming to the light. And God is going to expose you for exactly who you are. And when you expose to everybody else for their evil doings or their wrongdoings or what you thought was wrong that somebody shouldn't be doing, but they didn't feel convicted, you just knew how people felt about a certain situation. And you thought, well, I'll, I'll just keep telling people about their doings and how they're doing, how they're living their lifestyle is what I'm trying to say here. 
how they're living their life because I know people looks down on this. And you got these other people thinking bad towards them. And you don't think you're going to meet the wrath of God over that. You are sadly mistaken. You have, had, you have deceived your very own self. And these preachers and teachers who preach once saved, always saved, Christ is fixing to put them in their place over that. We're living in a time where we're about to see many preachers who's been preaching the gospel for 20 and 30 years close up the Bible, walk out the church doors, and never step foot back in it. We're going to see deacons do the same thing. And people who's been going to church for years and that grew up in church since they were a child and still goes, they're going to close up their Bibles, walk out the church, and not want nothing to do with it again. Because Christ is supposed to pour his wrath out on their evilness. Because every bad seed they had sown is going to slap them in the face. They thought they were sowing good seeds. They thought every seed they were doing was good. But they're about to learn it was actually bad. It was not pleasing to the Lord. And the way they were living and turning folks away and thought they were encouraging people was discouraging folks. And God's about to prove that. If you discourage somebody, that's fixing to come back on you and slap you in the face because you're fixing to have a lot of discouragement the rest of your days. Many people are not going to see peace anymore. Many people are going to be unhappy. You're going to lose it all. And you're going to meet the wrath of God. And scripture tells us during all of this, in scripture, people will walk away from the faith and they will curse God. They will blaspheme his name. When the two prophets come, when it's time for the two prophets to come, and if any man tries to harm them, they will shoot fire out of their mouth and devour the man that tried to harm them. Anybody that tries to harm them. It's not going to matter if a little child comes up. And you know how children like to pick up rocks or sticks and throw at people and be mischievous, as we call it. Your little child throws something at them. They're going to spit fire out and devour your child. Because they were bringing harm to the prophets. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And we're about to see that. But people will not listen to the two prophets. When they come, people are going to want them dead. They're going to mock them. They're going to persecute, persecute them. But when they died out in the streets and the birds were eating their flesh, the vultures were eating up their flesh, people were rejoicing until God breathed his life back into them and they Ascend it into the heavens. And all fear and trembling came down upon the people on the earth during that time.
God is no longer playing with anybody or anyone, just like he did with the people in Noah's days. They laughed and mocked Noah building the ark. But when that rain came and that door was closed, it was too late. And for many of you, it will be too late because you can't see it now and you refuse to see it. And now you got to suffer the wrath of God. Don't let his love and mercy and compassion fool you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, he's a long-suffering, loving, merciful Savior. But don't let it fool you either. Because he's giving you warnings and chance after chance to make it right. And he says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And he tells us in scripture, as I just read, and you can also look at it in the other books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, about, well, I just read it to you in Galatians, what you sow, so shall you reap. It's all in there. And it tells you in the Bible to do good and not to do evil. It's a choice. And you can say, well, if it's a choice and it's our free will, why does God want to punish us for choosing evil? Because you torment others. You torment his children. You come at his anointed ones. And he's told you to leave his children alone. But you rebelled. So you're rebelling against God. You can choose to serve Satan and do your witchcraft stuff all day long. But you ever bring try to bring harm to his children, he's going to get you. Christ will get you. Because he told you not to do that. And if you offend one of his little ones, it's best for you to tie a millstone around your neck. It is written in scripture. So you have been warned. Just don't try to harm others, especially the children of God. But your evilness... All that you sowed, and you can't even see the way you believe and what you're doing, laughing and mocking and ridiculing others and believing lies about somebody. You cannot see that's evil before the Lord. You can't see that what you're doing is wrong. You think it's okay. You think God's pleased with it. And that's where, where people's going to fall in this season of this reaping. They're gonna they think God's they think God's okay with the with them doing what they're doing and he's not. And this is where many will start blaspheming Christ's name because of this when he starts putting them in their place. And actually you put your own self into that place. But this is all I have for you all. I hope you enjoyed tonight's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe or follow. Check out my YouTube channel. Thank you guys for listening.